good reminder that all right thank you Ben for that just a good reminder there let's turn our Bibles to Colossians chapter 1 this evening and appreciate those who pray and I think we owe a lot to those who may be unseen and maybe even just in their own weakness and their own frailty they just take the time to to say some prayers. I'm glad for that. And uh, with that, I want to say thank you again to the church for praying for my sister. And uh, your prayers have been working. She got discharged from hospital a day early. So she's home. And so we're glad for that. And so just continue to pray for her and as she recovers from the surgery. But um, Colossians chapter 1, we're going to read verses 23 to 29. And Lord willing... Tonight we'll just um, finish off this chapter and, and probably just leave it at that and, um, and we'll look at some other things in the, the rest of the, the year as far as our Sunday nights are concerned. Verse 23, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this evening for... Lord, the, the joy it is to be together in this place, Lord, as your church, to once again just um, open your word, which is, Lord, our, Lord, our daily bread, Lord, which is the, the very thing that you've given us, Lord, to sustain us each and every day. And we're glad that we can open it, and Lord, with your Holy Spirit's help, you can teach it to us, and Lord, place it in our hearts to change us and to mold us. And we're so glad that as we come together that, Lord, we have, uh, Lord, these great and precious promises and, Lord, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And I'm glad that we can open the Word of God tonight. I'm thankful for all that we've been able to be ministered to already through song. Thankful, Lord God, that we can come to you, Lord, in, in this, this great thing of prayer. And I ask that you would please just meet with us even tonight as we um, glean the the. From this passage of things that we need for this week and and going forward. And so I thank you, Lord, and I praise you in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. So we read there just um, the the last uh, many verses in this chapter. It feels like we've been here for quite a while as we've just worked our way through each verse. And just by way of reminder, in the last couple of times we were here, we looked at really the majesty of Christ, which speaks of uh, really the, the head of the church and how he is the one that um, ensures that everything consists. Then we looked at the last time, the, the, first, uh, the last couple of verses there, 
really the church and who the church is in the, in the past, in the present, and in the future. And we looked at how all of those really is, is tied into the main thought of the chapter and really the main thought of the, and theme of the book, and that's being grounded and settled. And we're going to read through here this challenge from, uh, from the scriptures, if you continue in the faith. And, you know, we live in a day where it's almost, um, it's almost trendy in our world today to sort of question traditional values and question those things that are plain in the Bible. We live in a day where even those who have some sort of following as far as faith leaders are concerned in, our, in, in Christendom have in, in some way gone back and recanted their views of Scripture and views of God, and it's a sad reality of our day. It really speaks about the, really the days that we live in, where there will be many who will depart from the faith, and there's a great falling away as the, the economy and the foundations of the last days are being really built up uh, all around us, quite obviously. And yet there is still a need and there's still a challenge for us to continue in the faith. And there's a challenge for us today as, um, uh, you know, as even the song was sung just then about praying for those who are still in need of Christ and there's still a world, if I can remind you tonight, that is still in need of the gospel. And I hope you do. I hope you are praying for some. I hope that you are actively witnessing uh, to those around us because as we've said so often, the only hope that this world has is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to just simply answer the question tonight, how do we continue? And he says there in verse 23, if you continue in the faith grounded and settled, and the, the truth is, as we go into times where probably it's going to become a little bit more difficult to be, uh, be a Christian, as we lead into times where the, the norm of society becomes really contrary to the faith, what we're going to need to settle in our own hearts and what we're going to need to just be grounded in is who we are in Christ, but what we stand for as we are Bible-believing Christians. And we better be ones who will be willing to continue in that. And he says, if you continue in the faith grounded and settled, and what we're going to find is, is what's real will remain. You know, there's going to be times, I think, in the... Uh, ensuing years, we're going to see even in our country here where we've had great liberty to worship the Lord for many years, it's not only going to come out, become out of fashion to follow after Christ, I think we're going to see in the next couple of years that it's going to be one of those situations like what we see sometimes in different countries where there's going to be some persecution of the church. And, and what we're going to find in, in those times what, what is real will remain. And, and that's what we're talking about, being grounded and settled. That, that's how we're going to continue, is if it's real in us. And here, here's, I think, what the Bible will, will say to us tonight, some of, the, some of the reasons why we can continue. And the Bible challenges us here in that, that question. It's two letters, but it's a big question, if. If. It says, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. And so we're going to see that in, in uh, the, just the next couple of minutes here. Firstly, we need to consider how we respond to the challenge. Because that's the challenge of the hour. He says, if 
you continue in the faith. There are many already who are evidencing that what they're in, in their response is that, that, that what is within them wasn't real at all. And we're going to see as we further into the, the, this age that we live in, the real testing. And what we need today is for those of us who won't be easily swayed from the faith. Who, when we're buffeted by our enemies and buffeted by this world that is really contrary to who we are in Christ, we better be real, we better be grounded and settled in the faith. And let me define that for you, what he's saying here. Grounded simply means to to have a firm basis of. It means to be instructed thoroughly in a subject. And that's why there's always in, in... in Christendom, there's always been an emphasis on knowing what you believe and why you believe it. Being in the Word of God. It's been, it's been uh, as, as, as I've grown in my faith since I was seven and, and getting into the Word of God, I'll tell you that there's, there's just this book is inexhaustible. And there's more and more that I'm learning. And, and it's a life journey, but it's a life journey of being grounded, having a firm basis. You know, recently we've, we've been seeing uh, a, a different, uh, a different uh, groups of people come through the church and we've been rejoicing in, in how God in his, in his goodness to us has been adding into the church and we're glad for that. But over the course of that, we've had some good discussions about different things that matter to the faith. And it's been great for me, it's been interesting for me because it, it just goes back to some of the questions that have been asked, it's forced me in many ways to come back again and again to the Word of God, to, to look at and to consider those, those questions in light of what the Scriptures has to say. And, and that's how you get grounded in the faith. You better be grounded in the Word of God. It better not just be something that you just casually go along and if you think about it and if you somehow remember then you get into, I hope that you are purposeful and intentional about getting into the Word of God, being grounded in that. Look at, look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. And it talks about really being, being grounded in Christ. In verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So the challenge that he's giving here in Ephesians is that when we're in Christ and he dwells in our hearts by faith, the end point of that is that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, how are you filled with one that fills the whole universe? How can you have that fullness there? It's, it's got to be a journey of grounding and getting to know him through his word. Getting to know what he's like, what he, he, he thinks of things. And the, the very words that we have in our Bibles, this is the mind of Christ. This is the mind of God. And being grounded and having a firm basis. And if, if someone were to question what you stand and where you, what you stand on in regard to a certain subject, and can you go through the scriptures and just flick through and know where to turn, and give a firm basis for what you believe and why you believe it? 
He says, secondly, not only are we to continue the faith grounded, but we are to be settled. To be settled means to be established. It means to have a strong resolve about an argument. And there's many voices in our world today that want to argue and give reason for why we can't believe that and shouldn't believe this. And, and you know, recently I was, uh, I was, um, I was shocked to, to find a friend who I had just met briefly, but, um, you know, we, I knew of their family well. And this particular person had gone through a bit of a journey, just, just went through some things and started to really question some things. And, and he went through a couple of, couple of months of just really soul-searching. And what happened was, uh, as a result of all that, he, he was a type of person who really, he was, he was always interested in intellectual arguments. And I want to say that the Bible will hold up to any intellectual argument. But unfortunately, his bias was to find fault. And so over the course of the, the last few months, he's journeyed away from the Lord. And, and he put up a, a, a bit of a video explaining now his position. And as a Christian who, you know, had served God in some capacity, he was now going and now he's been converted to Catholicism. I was shocked. And, you know, he went through, it was a bit of a long video, so I just sort of skimmed through. It was a two-hour video that he had just rehearsed his position. But what you find there in that situation is that there was some grounding, but there, but there needed to be some settling. There needs to be some things that needed to be established in his life. It's to have a strong resolve about an argument. And, and the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5.10, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. And actually God's desire in our journey with him is that we would be settled, that we would have a strong resolve about the reasons why we are who we are in Christ. And it's a matter of looking at the Bible and its claims and really deciding that God and his word is enough. And, and we know that. Look at 2 Timothy 3.16. We know these verses. And what that is, you've got to make up your mind about his word. And he says very plainly in, in, in these verses, in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We know these verses. We understand that, that what that speaks about is really not only the inspiration of Scripture, but the sufficiency of Scripture. It's given to us. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And, you know, that word appears there, and that word perfect appears in our, in our passage that we read there in Colossians, where later on he says that we may every man perfect in Christ Jesus. It's that maturing, it's that settling. You know, um, it's, it's that what he speaks about in Ephesians chapter 4, that we're not tossed about with every wind of doctrine. That, that we understand that 
There's, there's, there's things that the Bible teaches us and that the Bible is enough for us to argue away any, uh, any attacks upon it. The Bible tells us that we are to uh, really to be settled in that. And you know, even in, in Joshua's day, we sometimes have this verse where it speaks about that we choose this day whom you we will serve. And even settling in our own hearts who it is, who is God. Do we choose Him? And, and we need to make up our mind. I think about Elijah, how he challenged those, uh, those followers of uh, uh, those, God's people on the mount in, in 1 Kings 18.21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. And the people answered Him, Not a word. And you've just got to make up your mind. You've got to be... You've got to be fully persuaded in your mind. You've got to know that what you believe and why you believe it. And, and you need to be grounded and settled. That's the challenge. You know, many people today, just the, just the mentality today is that there's a shortcut. There's an easier way. Uh, there's, there's, it's easier to do it this way. And you know, when it comes to the Christian life, when it comes to being grounded and settled, there's no substitute for study. There's no substitute for just spending the time in the Word of God. You know, you need to get to a certain point in your life, whether you're a young person or now in your stage of life, you better get to the point where you just take the Bible seriously. That it's not just about, you know, turning up. That actually you take the time through the course of your week to just get into the Word of God and purposely take the time to study. The Bible tells us to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. And that's an imperative that's given us. And we understand study is a weariness to the flesh. You understand that it takes time, it takes purposeful time to sit there and, and, and to, to, to divide the Word of God and to look at it and to understand what God's saying. But none of us here is short of the tools necessary for us to be able to fully do that in our lives. God's given us the Spirit, the Spirit of God who is, a, who is a guide unto all truth. He, he's given us that if you're saved tonight, He dwells in you to teach you truth. And so he's saying here the challenge is that we would be those that would continue in the faith, grounded and settled. And he says there, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. And so we need to also then be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. It's the gospel that they heard preached. And, and you know, sometimes we just... We're too far removed from the reality of that, that, that life-changing message of the gospel. And, you know, I think sometimes as Christians, we can, can lose focus in on the reality of that and, and rehearse that again in our lives. And he's saying, don't be moved away from the hope of the gospel. It's a, it's a gospel that they heard preached. And aren't you glad there was, a, there was perhaps someone who introduced you to Christ? There was someone who maybe handed you a tract, someone who handed you a Bible or someone in your area that uh, somehow was just a faithful witness. And maybe it was a relative, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a co-worker. But aren't you glad for the gospel preached? And I hope you are. 
I hope you're not so far removed from that time when you accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, that life-changing message, that message that was preached, that you've just gone past that and you've just lived your life. And I hope that you come again and again to that place, to reminding yourself of that hope. It says, don't be moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature. And I'm glad that it's a, I'm glad it's a message for everyone. It's, it's a message that can be preached to every creature. And, you know, it's so easy to lose sight of the fact that your worst case scenario as a Christian is that you're saved and on your way to heaven. You understand that? That's your worst case scenario this, this evening. You know, you go through life and, and yes, maybe it'll get harder. Maybe there's going to be some things in opposition. But you know, the worst case scenario for you and I is heaven. It's not bad. It's pretty good. You know, I think about a preacher who was in, in this is years and years, uh, he was in Chicago and, and someone uh, jumped on the, the tram with him and, and stuck a knife to his face. And, you know, he, the joke was on him. He was a Baptist preacher. He didn't have any money anyway. But um, <laughs> he, he went up to, he went up to the, the preacher and the preacher looked at him. He goes, you can't threaten me with heaven. And, you know, that's the worst-case scenario for us as, as God's people. And, and we worry and fret about all of those things. And, and really, we need to take up the challenge of just being grounded and settled and continuing in the faith. And then he goes on and he talks about really recognizing who delivered it. And he says there in verse 23, Whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. To fulfill, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. And the whole, the whole purpose of this is that the word of God would be delivered. And you know, sometimes when we go through the, the, the challenges of the faith today, we can sometimes become a little bit myopic about, about that and think about our own struggles, but we sometimes forget that there was those, and, and Paul was the, the, the starter of that. We understand that ultimately it's the Lord Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He was the one who endured the sufferings of the cross for, for us, but he passed on the work to uh, certain ones. And, and here Paul was referring to the fact that he was the minister of the gospel. And we sometimes forget all that it took for the message of the gospel to be delivered to us. And now it's our turn to run the race and we forget the efforts of those in the past, the, the, those that God had chosen to be. Uh, and and that, that ought to be in our mind if we are to continue. It's our leg of the race. It's not that, it's not that it just arrived. You know, sometimes the, the problem with, uh, and maybe this is you, maybe you're, in, you're second generation, third generation Christian. Sometimes, and I know this, sometimes we can take it for granted. You know, some of you young people, some of you who grew up in, in our church, you've always come here. You've always sat in that pew. You've always had the comfort of this and that. And you look at all of that, and sometimes we can take that for granted because we've always had it. And, and what I'm saying is there are those who have paved the way so that we can run our leg of the race. And, and Paul was this. He says, I, Paul, am made a minister. And it was the delivery 
of our faith came through Christ, but it was given to Paul. He was a minister, a servant, a caretaker, someone with the responsibility for this, this matter of the gospel. And, and Paul was saying here, firstly, that he was a minister in suffering. He says in verse 4, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh. You know, Paul literally suffered for the faith. Paul literally, in, in understanding the, 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 the task at hand, he was willing to endure the sufferings. And, and we can talk a lot more about those who along history's path uh, before us went through what they went through. But let's start with Paul here as we're thinking about it. He, he rejoices in his sufferings for, for you. You know why he thought it was worth it? Whereas many today don't seem to think it's worth it. They'll just so easily sort of revert back and say, you know what, it's not worth it. You know what, that ridicule, you know, standing out and being different. And, you know, when I speak and, and others mock me, it's not. And yet we look at one who literally in his body, he says in another place of scripture, he bear in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus. He, he went through that. And there's many others who preceded him but Paul is reminding the church that the path to grounding and settling it was one that cost him dearly and it would cost others and you know if you've you've got a um, you've got some sort of heritage in your life where there were those who stood for the faith and now because of them you're a Christian because of their labor in that and willingness to stand for the faith you had an opportunity to trust the Lord Jesus as your savior you ought to be thankful tonight you ought to be thankful that there were those that in the past who maybe journeyed across the sea and journeyed to be in the place that you and your family grew up and somehow, some way they were able to sacrifice and then give their lives for the cause of Christ and they suffered in different ways, but it's paved with suffering. And he was a minister in suffering. He, the trail blazed by those in the past has been one fraught with suffering. And we ought to view the, the path that we get to walk now to maturity, to groundedness, and to settledness as one of privilege because of the sacrifice of others. But not, not only that, in verse 25, he says there that he was a, he's also a minister in Revelation. He says there in verse 20, uh, 25, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you. He was a minister in, in Revelation according to the dispensation of God. So according to the, the thing that he, whereof I am made a minister, he, he was given a certain message. He was a chosen vessel to reveal a mystery in the fullness of time. In Acts 9.15, referring to Paul, but the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And we don't have the verse, but he, later on he says he's going to suffer. He's going to go through that. He's a chosen vessel. But, but it's a mystery that he was given. Look at verse 26. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations. What is that mystery? Look at Romans chapter 16. Look at Romans chapter 16. Look at verse 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery 
which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith to God only wise be glory through Christ Jesus forever. And you know what's speaking about? It's the message of the gospel. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was a mystery hidden ages past. But because of Paul, because of the, the, the call that he had to reveal this, it's no longer a mystery to us. The, the Old Testament, when we look at it are in types and shadows, makes sense. Why? Because Christ has been revealed. And so we have this message through this vessel in, in Paul, and this gospel was given to us who were of the, not of the, uh, of the Jewish nation. It was given to Gentiles like you and I tonight. And it was given to these Gentiles here in Colossae, and he's reminding them of that, that he was a minister in Revelation, but he uses that word dispensation, and he was also a minister in dispensation. And a dispensation is simply the way God dealt with man. It's a, other words for dispensation could be economy, stewardship. It was an administration. And a dispensation is the act of God dispensing truth and instruct, instruction to mankind. And, and evidently Paul was the steward of that. There was some, some revelation given Paul for him to write down, for him to pass on, and that was to be given to him in this age of the church. And a dispensation will always have at least one steward acting on behalf of the Lord. And we won't take the time tonight. Uh, that's probably just another, another, uh, another topic to go through, another um, part of Scripture to go through. But, for example, Moses was a steward who dispensed the law. Okay, He was given that. So Paul is a steward who dispensed the message of the gospel of the grace of God to the Gentiles. And so without Paul's obedience, without Paul understanding his calling, without him being a minister of this dispensation, uh, really the gospel uh, perhaps would not have spread or perhaps would have been frustrated or perhaps given in a different way. But he was uh, reminding them of the fact, and God's reminding us of the fact, that it was delivered and it was fraught with suffering. And it, it, was, it was this God in his sovereignty placing the right people in the right time. And I'm thankful for that because I'm the recipient of that blessing. And so then he reminds us of our hope. And we need to, if we're going to continue, remind ourselves of our hope. He says there, um, this mystery in verse 26, which, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. So it's now revealed, it's shown. In verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, and so he clarifies and defines it even here. He says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And let's remind ourselves tonight of why we should continue. We should continue because there's a challenge at hand. We should continue because of the fact that it's been delivered to us and we, could, we ought to consider the sacrifice of Paul and others who brought the, the message of the gospel to us. But then we need to remind ourselves of our hope. Jesus Christ, our hope of glory. And we're reminded of the hope that we have in this, this continuance. It's Christ in us. And there are many mysteries in the Bible, but the greatest and most glorious of them all is Christ in us. It's been revealed. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And what this hope is, he says it here, it's a, it's a rich and glorious mystery. He says there in, again in verse 27, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. It really it forms the basis. This is the starting point of, of our, our, our grounded, uh, groundedness and settledness. Uh, it, it's, it's knowing, knowing that we have Christ in us. You know, one of the, the key things to, to understand from Scripture is your eternal security. Is that, that once you're saved, then no man can pluck you out of God's hand. And I've never met a Christian who hasn't lived their lives in great peace and victory, who hasn't known and understood where the Bible stands on that. And we ought to, we ought to rejoice in that tonight. That ought to be our rejoicing. That's our hope in glory. And so we see that it's, it's the basis of our, of our journey to being grounded and settled. It's revealed so that we can benefit as those who were alien to, the, uh, to Israel. We're Gentiles, and it's been given to us. In Romans 11.25, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And that's yet future. You're going to see there's going to be that blindness removed in Israel during the tribulation period. That whole period of destruction is really for the Jews. And so that revealing, that, that, that fullness of the age of the Gentiles, we're just in, the, in, in, in right now. And the hope is no longer found in being part of the Jewish nation. It's under the law that's under the law, but it's now found in the grace that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.11, he says later on, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And we've been grafted in, the Bible says. And so then we need to, lastly tonight, then if we're going to continue, we need to realize that we have a mission. And we ought to be motivated. It says in verse 28, whom we preach. Who do we preach? We preach Christ. Right? We don't preach under any other name. There's no power given us in any other form but the name of Christ. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That's really the Great Commission, isn't it? Given us there. Well, we need to realize the mission, the church, and really those of us individuals who make up the church, we have a mission. We still have a job to do. And this path of of, of being grounded and settled, part of that continuing is understanding that actually we have a message to proclaim. And the, the mission is the message of the gospel. It's a message preached. It says there in verse 28, whom we preach, warning every man. It's to every man though. It's not just to the chosen few. It's to every man. That means those that are across your street, those that you come in contact with at work, those who you go to school with, those who you are, are in, just in touch with in, in some various ways, this message is to every man, warning every man. 
and teaching every man. And what we see is this message is to be taught. We were sitting with our youth ministry yesterday and we were talking about just some of the priorities of youth ministry. And one of them, obviously, is evangelism. We must make sure our young people are saved. But you know, it's not just that. We've got to make sure that they know how to tell someone else about the message. They've got to be personal soul winners too. And they've got to understand that. They've got to understand that it's not just something that you know, they get to benefit from. No, they, they're now enlisted. And they're now part of that. And they're now uh, to be ones that, and what that is, you, you're to teach. We're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to uh, teach the, those things that are inherent in Scripture. And then it's really to teach unto perfection. It says there, that teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And what that word means is maturity. And the goal of ministry, the goal of us coming together, and, and part of our message is that we might mature the same. And that's part of that. But then it's also a message that's powered. Because in verse 29, he says, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. I want to tell you that it's a message that's not just preached, it's powered. Right? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Right? The message is powerful itself. It's not our arguments. It's not our, our, our how-tos. No, the message is powerful itself. And yet what we find, it's, it is accomplished through people. He says, whereunto I also labor. He labored in it. And if you've ever tried to, uh, at, at, to some length, talk to someone about the gospel, there's a labor in that. You ask every missionary who's ever had to start from scratch in a place, you know it's labor. And it takes, it takes, uh, takes people to achieve the thing that God has called us to. It's accomplished through people. He says there, how can they hear without a preacher? Right in Romans chapter 10. And so all of us here, we have opportunities in our spheres of and we've got to co-labor with God. But then it's also really accomplished only through God's enabling. And he says, they're striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Hey, listen, the, the great thing about our God is that he has expectations of us. But he pairs that with his enabling in our lives. You know, maybe you're, you're a bit fearful to witness Maybe you think, well, it, it's not really my personality to have to talk to someone. But listen, it's not the power simply in you. It's the power working through you. And you, you rely on, on God's working in you mightily. You know, I, I think about just some of the more famous stories. I think about D.L. Moody, who, you know, was, a, was just a street kid who, really had no real future except for the fact that his Sunday school teacher, who was a timid man, one day turned up to his workplace and witnessed to him. And, you know, if you read about D.L. Moody in history, he shook two continents for the gospel. And it was his timid Sunday school teacher who couldn't talk to a butterfly probably, but decided that one day he was just going to try it. And he went and he spoke to this, this young man, and, and this young man got saved. Why? Not because not he was, th this man was some sort of orator. No, because he just believed that the gospel works. And the gospel is powerful enough to save anyone. 
And, and I want to, I want to, um, I want to finish off tonight just by saying we have a mission. You know, the mission hasn't changed in 2023. It's it's still to tell others about Christ. Let's be a witness. Let's be bold this year. You know, as we meet those around us, as we walk about in our day, let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in, in His leading. Let's be sensitive to the fact that Lord, the, the, the Lord has, has given us this time and this age to be able to minister for Him and let's do our bit. You know, there were those who paved a, a very painful and, 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 and suffered so that we can have the privilege in, in our country and in this time to be able to walk the Christian walk, to be able to be grounded and settled. And, and that's a challenge, though, if you continue. And you better go back and, and, and realize you need to get grounded and settled. Do you know what you believe and why you believe it? If, if you were to be challenged about the things that you believe, can you, can you back it up? Can you look in Scripture and say, you know what, I can turn there. You know what, um, let me study that. You know what, let me, let me just... Let me just go back to Scripture. Do you have the ability? Do you know how to study? And so that's what's needed if we're going to continue. And I pray that we do in 2023. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us, Lord. And we're thankful, dear God, that you indeed, Lord, are, are a God who can enable us, Lord, in, in our time, in this time, Lord, to minister. Lord, to minister even powerfully. And Lord, you know more than anyone, dear God, the, the need for Christians who will just continue in the faith, grounded and settled. Pray that that'll be true of us here in, in Albany Creek, here in this place at Good Shepherd Baptist Church. I pray that we would desire to, to Lord, to, to mature in the faith, to grow. If, we're, if we've stunted in our growth recently, I pray that you'd put in that desire to just study and to grow in it. And dear God, then to be faithful to you. Pray that you'd help us this week. I pray your, your blessing upon us. I pray that as we go about, help us, Lord, to be sensitive to those around us who have a need of you, and we're thankful for it in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. Amen.